This episode is brought to you by Zeratech Software Development. Are you a company whose commitment to excellence demands effective software tools? Let the team at Zeratech Software Development help build or enhance your technological systems with mobile, web, and backend solutions. You can find them at zeratech.com. That's X-E-R-A-T-E-C.com. This episode is also brought to you by Lake Superior Shop. Lake Superior is magnetic, powerful, peaceful, clear, and cold. Perhaps we can even say that it is the basis for various obsessions. Fishing, kayaking, hiking, surfing, sailing, photography, and more. The Lake Superior Shop features a simply designed representation of the lake on its clothing and accessories. The comfortable clothing will complement any Lake Superior obsession. Find Lake Superior items for toddlers to adults at lakesuperiorshop.com. Also, take 10% off your order at lakesuperiorshop.com when you use code OBSESSED at checkout. Hey guys, today I sat down and talked to Aaron Personaire. Aaron is the captain of the Ranger 3. Uh, The boat is a 163-ish, I believe, foot boat that goes back and forth from Houghton here to Isle Royale. Uh, And he captains that boat. We got into how he got into that position and what that's like. Uh, I really enjoyed this one. I hope you guys do as well. Welcome to the Obsessed Podcast. I'm your host, Logan Herkus. In this podcast, we get to meet and hear from folks who are obsessed with a wide array of interesting endeavors. We dive into some awesome stories and look at the mindsets and the psychology of those who are obsessed. Let's go. Hello, Aaron. Thanks for coming in today. Hi. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Appreciate it. Uh, Here to talk to you about your journey and it can go any different direction from there but your journey to becoming the captain of the ranger great that's crazy uh i'll start by saying that but how does that happen i mean where did your uh, what's the correct term boating world or, or captaining world where did that begin and and i guess i'd like to go through the trajectory of how you get to where you're at today sure yeah i guess the saying you know in the maritime industry would would uh would be the good way to put it and okay boy it was a uh, uh strange kind of complicated uh you know road that led me here yeah um, but uh but a good one right so where did that begin for you i mean at a young age is this a, a, a fluke thing or is it something intentional or yeah or? i guess i always had been uh fairly interested in it um but really um you know i kind of stumbled into the um opportunity to uh work on a ship during the summers while i was in college okay um and uh um you know really uh really kind of latched onto that and had fun with it and uh you know, ended up going to college for something I don't even do anymore. <laughs> mm-hmm. what, did, what did you go to school for? Uh, actually, I went, uh, I was at uh, the University of Michigan uh, in the School of Natural Resources and Environment. Okay. Um, working towards biology and uh, something in that uh, direction. I was even toying with the idea of uh, medicine for a while. Okay. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I think uh, at the end of my college career, um, I was one of those people that was still... Uh, trying to figure out what I was going to do for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, after that, uh, you know, there was a, there was an opportunity uh, to work on the, the ship I had worked on in during the summer uh, um, just as a, in a full-time capacity. And I thought, well, that'd be something kind of good to do uh, while I'm trying to figure out what, uh, what I'm going to do with the rest of my life. And then uh, kind of one thing led to another. And before you know it, it was uh, turning into a career. Yeah, right. So those first summers when you're going to school, just strictly a summer job kind of a thing it was yeah and, and, and a great one too you know uh, yeah. fun way to spend summers okay but did you grow up with uh 
excitement in that world or is it the equivalent of somebody flipping cheeseburgers i'm not trying to do yeah that. no it, it was uh you know we moved around a lot when i was uh young so um you know but uh, but always had had kind of a fascination with boats um but uh um the place we lived uh you know when i was uh when i was in uh, my summers in college um was a port town on lake michigan okay uh and uh, there was a car ferry uh called the badger mm-hmm. uh that uh um, that crossed over to Wisconsin uh, a couple times a day, right uh, there and back, and it took passengers and automobiles and um, stuff. So I got my start kind of working in the uh, the passenger areas, um, okay. doing this and that, gift shops and and customer service uh, things, serving food, all that kind of stuff, and huh. that led into you know working uh, more on the on the car deck operations uh, side of thing, getting vehicles and cargo on and off and all that stuff, and then. Uh, um, that just kind of led to, uh, you know, eventually, uh, um, building enough time where I was able to, uh, test for some higher levels of, uh, of, uh, um, uh, documents and, 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 and things through the Coast Guard, hmm. uh, that I could, uh, that I could get and that would allow me to work some more advanced jobs. Okay. Um, and then, uh, I just kind of kept going and kept going. And before I knew it, uh, before too many more years, then I had a master's license. Yeah, and uh, was that had the opportunity to captain the Badger um, a couple times in relief. Um, my my permanent job there when I when I uh, left there was uh, as the as the first mate, uh, second in command there. Huh. Um, but I I had the opportunity to work a couple times as the captain. Right. Um. But uh, um. I'd been uh I had been interested in uh, finding a job uh, as a captain permanently somewhere. Okay. And. Uh, they advertised uh, the job working for the National Park Service as the captain of the Ranger Three, hmm. um, and uh, it was a it was a tough decision to kind of uproot. Uh, you know, I'd uh, we in the meantime had put down some pretty strong roots in the in the Ludington uh, area right. of uh, Michigan there on on Lake Michigan, um, but in the end, uh, uh, we decided to pull the trigger and and go and. Yeah. You know, the rest is history. Right. Right. Which we'll get into a lot of that history. But um, to me, what's cool, and I I talk about this with a lot of people, but it's just the trajectory. Right. Like at what point, like at one point, this was just a college job for you. Right. Yep. And then you're like, hey, I'm going to try to go do this while I'm trying to figure out what I want to do with the rest of my life. And at some point in time, you decided this is where I'm excited right now. Right. Yeah. When was that and, and what spurred that or was it like a slow burn or I'm, I'm curious about that timeline? It, it was a slow burn, um, but okay. uh, um, there was a point where I reached where I was able to test for um, my first officer's license, okay. um, which was, we call it a mate's, mate's license uh, in the industry Yeah, um, for, uh, for unlimited tonnage um, on the Great Lakes. And um, I went in, um, that was, it's when you have to study for a number of months for and mm-hmm. Um, and this and that, and I went in, um, I took the tests and I did, did quite well. And I walked away from that, uh, you know, starting to think, you know, I've, boy, I've really come pretty far here. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I think this might be something that I could, uh, that I could just do for the rest of my life. Yeah. So. Yeah. The, and, uh, you said you worked your way up into the, the boat operation side of thing and being a first mate and, mm-hmm. and all that, that was all post-college, a lot of that it progression. Yeah. So summer college was all mostly on the, on the, uh, customer experience, the gift shop. Yeah. Stuff like that. Yep. And then afterwards you got into the rest of that world. Sure. Yeah. Uh, more of the operation side later. Okay. And 
but did the I'm picturing to me that just that like hearing okay I'm the captain of the Ranger Three right you're bringing boat uh, people on this boat to Isle Royale back uh, it, it's like romantic the adventurous side of it right it, sure. it seems super cool to you it's probably just routine and whatever else going across but did the I don't know if I'm phrasing that right but you know what I'm saying the the adventure the mm-hmm. the the open seas or the open lake or whatever you want to call it like did that all grip you that side of it the romantic portion of it yeah you know at first it does okay you know, i think with just about any job you know when you, when you do it long enough the romance wears off and then there's the reality of the job sure right. um which is um you know still uh, a lot of responsibility mm-hmm. um but you know in the end um you know there are still some pretty cool perks to it you know it's a mm-hmm. still a pretty good view out your office window right and uh uh, stuff so, I, to to an extent, I guess the romance wears off, but there are still those days when you walk up there and uh, you know get a pretty good view of the world and think, boy, this sure does be sitting in a cubicle somewhere. You know? Right. So yeah, you you think you're more fit for that world versus a cubicle style world? Oh, I don't think I could survive in a cubicle world. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Uh, yeah, I don't know. So to me, that's what I think of when I think of again capturing captaining a boat of that magnitude and it doesn't even have to be of that magnitude just the fact that you're out on a boat on the water which is mm-hmm. uh it comes with its own set of challenges and storms and uh calm and not calm and sunny and rainy and sideways and uh cool views and all of it just seems like it's all yeah it just feels like you're getting in a lot of cool situations yeah you know there are days where it's just really cool there are days when it can be you know, downright challenging. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but even in the most challenging of circumstances, you know, here you, when you have some perspective, mm-hmm. um, that, you know, it's, it's still pretty fun. Yeah, so. for sure. So you were on the boat down in Ludington yep. on that, uh, ferry, right. Coming back and forth. Mm-hmm. And at that point you had passed some of these upper level training situations. Yeah. Uh, and you had thought that, Hey, I want to be a captain. Why do you know why you wanted to be a captain? Is that just the natural progression? Or why is it that you wanted to go to that next? Yeah, step? I think it is the natural progression. Okay. Um, you know, uh, once you're once you're in that line, you know, and you kind of see what the uh, you know what the captain gets to do, um, you know, being able to to do the actual ship handling mm-hmm. uh, of the boat, um, you know, all the time. Uh, that's that's kind of always it for me. You know, when uh, when you're actually maneuvering the ship around and and docking and and all that stuff. Yeah, um, that's the fun part. Okay, you, know? you like the technical portion of that? Oh yeah, the very much maneuvering mm-hmm. and, and whatever else. Yeah, that's the fun part. Okay, did you know that would be like when you? I mean, when you were dreaming to be a captain, that's what you were looking forward to, or? Yeah, you know, um, I, I think when you when you're sort of dreaming of it, right? You don't necessarily understand all the aspects of it, and, sure, and, and everything. Uh, but um, you know, looking out, l- looking at somebody up in the window. Uh, when you're watching a sh- another ship dock, you know, and you're watching that guy, he's, you know, in the front window of the pilot house and, mm-hmm. and uh, concentrating hard and, and, you know, getting it done. Uh, you know, it always, that uh, always kind of appealed to me. Yeah. Right. No. So a lot of what I'm, well, I mean, for one, it's just a world I've never could see behind. I mean, you see the boat come in and I come out, it's like, okay, that's cool, but it's not a curtain you get to peek behind. Sure. Uh, maybe as a passenger, you do a little bit, but I don't think they get to really see the world that you guys live. Right. Uh, 
Yeah, not much. We we generally keep the um, the crew spaces and the operational spaces, you know, separate from the passenger areas. Yeah, but, um, right. So really, unless you're in that world, you really see little to no part of it. So to me, that's part of the intrigue. Yeah. Uh, but also the intrigue for me is again the what you said maybe wanes on you some, but I bet you get little moments of it now still today, or you can see it through your passengers or whatever it might be. But just again, that adventurous, the fact that I mean, the Lake Superior is a ruthless. Uh, machine, right? And you have to overcome that and, and you've got all the best equipment in the world, but at the end of the day, you still have an element of just, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a powerful, powerful machine that you're rolling across. I don't know if that's the right way to put it, powerful machine or how you would look at it, but uh, still, there's that side of it is just pretty engaging and intriguing. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you definitely have to respect it. Yeah. Uh, you know, for me, um, I'm I uh, spend most of the operational season pouring over uh, weather forecasts and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and charts and stuff like that. So, um, you know, just trying to make good decisions. Yeah. Um, there was a, there was a captain that, uh, <clears throat> I worked with, uh, in my, uh, time up and coming, um, who, who he said, uh, you know, being a captain means making great decisions, uh, that allow you to not have to be a great ship handler. <laughs> sure. Sure. <laughs> right. So, and that always kind of stuck with me a little bit. Yeah, right. Uh, so, uh, you know, uh, and that's really what, you know, a lot of the job is, is just trying to make sure you're making good decisions, mm-hmm. um, enabling the, your crew to make good decisions. Right, so. right. So what was that like, though? I mean, you applied for that job. Did you anticipate that you would get that? I mean, I guess whether or not you did, but you did succeed in getting mm-hmm. that role, eh? Yeah, I, yeah. I uh, applied for it. Uh, um, and... Uh, yeah, I was fortunate enough, you know, to have a, a strong background in passenger operations, uh, you know, through the through the ferry uh, for all those years. And I'd worked, you know, in the in the winter time, I'd worked on ore freighters, hmm. um, you know, through the through the lakes and stuff like that. So I knew that um, the passenger business was kind of where I wanted to be. You know, okay. um, there was there, there's fun aspects of you know the the cargo industry too, mm-hmm. um, but uh, um, I think uh, I think my heart kind of stuck with the with the passenger business so yeah so when uh you know when i saw the the opportunity uh you know these kind of don't come along every day and so i was like i said it was it was it was a little bit of a struggle to decide to to uproot um but uh but it was too good to pass up in the end yeah right and uh yeah and i was fortunate that i got the job yeah but were you nervous coming up here i mean now you're the captain you're the you're the guy right yeah of course you know um you know, the buck always stops with you. So, right. Um, yeah, you know, uh, but the, you know, the park was incredibly gracious, uh, you know, in terms of, uh, the time it took me for, uh, for training, uh, you know, the ins and outs of this vessel, you know, cause everyone's new, a little bit unique. Mm-hmm. You know? So, um, and, uh, yeah, the park was very gracious to, you know, allow me the time to do that. And, uh, um, you know, it's turned out really well. So, yeah. Right. So, but what was the, what were those first experiences like? I mean, is it, is it two to three months of, uh, like practice runs before you actually take passengers out or how long is it before you I actually, I had one practice run, but it was good. You know, it, it, it all worked out really well. Um, and, uh, I had, uh, I have a crew, um, who, you know, there hasn't been much change. The, the, the crew tends to stay the same every year. Okay. Um, these guys really are really good and really like their jobs too. Um, and they were, you know, they were fantastic and kind of helping me along and sure and stuff too. So it's a, it's a well-oiled machine that I walked into and I was very fortunate of that. So, 
Right, right. Uh, so one practice run, and then you got after it. Of course, you've got an experienced crew around yeah. you to help yeah. you out. But um, what's the difference like between, or you said you worked on some uh, ore freighters in the wintertime. Yep. Uh, were any of those on Lake Superior? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, we regularly uh, uh, go, you know, between Duluth, Superior, um, and uh, various places on the lower lakes, Southern Lake Michigan, or uh, some places on uh, Lake Erie. Okay. So, so it wasn't like this was your first exposure to what Lake Superior has no. and what the... No, what no I'd been up here before. Okay. Uh, what's that experience like on the ore freighter side? I mean, it's a larger magnitude than the ferries mm. that you took? Or, yeah, they're, or they're a different uh, different magnitude of vessel. You know, some of the, the thousand foot ships, they're, you're really, you know, you see them off in the distance, uh, you know, sometimes on Lake Superior. Um, it's hard to, to really get the, you know, feeling for the magnitude of those until you're standing on one. And, mm-hmm. you know, it takes... 10 minutes to walk from one of the ship to the other right. <laughs> at a pretty good pace. Yeah. So, uh, and, the, and the passenger side, it gripped you more because of the human interaction interaction side of it or what was it? Yeah. Yeah. I think I, I, uh, tend towards that human interaction side a little bit more, you know, seeing, uh, happy people getting off the boat and, yeah. and stuff, uh, you know, the, uh, the satisfaction that you gave people a good ride and, and everything like that. It's a little bit more than delivering the the taconite pellets uh, mm-hmm. safely <laughs> right know? so okay um and i could yeah I, I i mentioned that you or you even mentioned as well that through time you potentially lose the lose the the uh the romantic side of it right sure uh, but the people i feel like that's what keeps you going i could see that myself i would thrive off of that that even though this is my uh, 700th run this is your first run and I yeah. can see that magic in your eyes mm-hmm. and, and I can live through you because I know what you're feeling and I can be excited through you as well. Is that, is that part of it? Oh, very much so. And just, uh, the excitement you see people have, you know, uh, heading out to Isle Royal and, um, it's just, it's so beloved, you know, by, by, by the people that, uh, that go there. Um, they're, they're so excited to come back yeah. um, and tell their stories, you know, when they, when they, when they're on their way home, you know, they love to talk about, you know, what they've been doing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know how their week went. You know what uh, what hikes they did, where they got, what, what campgrounds they were at. Right. Uh, you know all those kind of things. What fish they caught. You mm-hmm. know. So, um, yeah, I don't ever really tire of uh, of hearing those kind of things. I think it's really neat. So. Right. Yeah. Do you get involved with that? Like when you, on some of your runs, do you get out and I suppose you probably can't, eh? But you go and go for hikes and experience the island when you yeah there? a little bit. Uh, usually when we go out there, we spend the night. Okay. Um, and then come back the next day. Okay. So, uh, we do have, uh, you know, usually an evening to, to, uh, be around anyway. And yeah, some of the crew, uh, you know, go, go hiking, uh, swimming, uh, uh, kayaking. Um, a couple of us even keep, uh, fishing boats out there. So hmm. go out to do a little fishing after work. So yeah. Like, yeah. You get into that quite a bit. The yeah. Side. Sometimes. Yeah. Right. That's a, I try to do a little bit of everything, but yeah, that's, yeah, it's fun. So, and it, yeah, just, you know, one of the unbelievable perks of, of this job that, uh, you know, at, uh, at the end of the day, a couple nights a week, you get to go, you know, sort of experience Isle Royal for a little while. Mm-hmm. So what about the, uh, I picture the, and I wonder if it's easier when you're in the lower, not, not the lower is not the right word, but, uh, shared levels with other, other workers. But I picture the, the whole like crew mentality being kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, the camaraderie, mm-hmm. the, uh, also you're spending a ton of time together. You're all counting on each other to, you know, you do your role. Otherwise it's very critical or whatever it might be. Right. It's, yep. There's a lot of, uh, 
is that true? Did you feel that in Ludington? Did you feel did you feel that currently? Is that a thing where the the crew component is something that can be hard to uh, replace in other areas of life? Yeah, you know, through through a lot of the, the ships I've been on, um, the lakes, you know, there've been varying degrees of cohesiveness, sure. uh, you know, between the crew. Um, and I'm very fortunate to hear that, uh, you know, this one really is a, a pretty tight knit, uh, group of people, mm-hmm. um, that, uh, that all really work well together and, and, uh, live well together too. So, yeah, no, and I, you could see it. I mean, if a crew was not getting along or a crew was not working well together, it'd be horrible. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, for just from a logistics standpoint, I mean, you're spending all time, all, all kinds of time together on the boat. It's critical that you do your job just like I do my job and all that kind of stuff. And if you got people butting heads, that'd be tough. But uh, when it works and it works out well, uh, I think that'd be, I don't know, something cool about that as well. It is. It is very much. And uh, there's some satisfaction, uh, you know, in your job when you can kind of uh, look at your crew and, and say these these guys really function well as a unit. Right. And uh um, you know, but like I said, there are, there have been some varying degrees in, on various ships I've been on that some of them just flat out don't work well together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but, uh, um, like I said, I'm, I'm pretty lucky. Yeah. And I could see too, I don't know, it's all an ebb and a flow, but there's times and I could picture in your shoes where you have little moments where the crew doesn't get along or two people don't get along, but they, oh uh, sure they, they figure it out and they rise above it. And then all of a sudden we're a thicker and a, t- or a tighter crew because of maybe those, those internal battles. Obviously you can't avoid that. People are people. You're going to have your little things, but, um, yeah, I don't know. There's something about a crew and you all have one shared common goal, uh, that not, I don't think everybody gets to feel that. And, and because you're in a, again, you're, you're up against Lake Superior. I mm-hmm. think that is a bigger thing than you might get at a office. Somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's a, um, it, it's a good reminder to sort of, uh, leave the petty things aside. Yeah. That, you know, we all have, uh, you know, a job to do and, mm-hmm. uh, and we all need to do it well. So, right. um, you know, there's not just us that are depending on each other, but there's a whole, uh, boat full of passengers that are all depending on us. Yeah, right. So, Forrester Research interviewed 206 senior technology leaders in major organizations responsible for software development sourcing. 63% said their software development service partners do not have a full understanding of their end customer. If you're dead serious about moving faster and getting more done, Zeratech software development can help you move forward with confidence. Let the team at Zeratech Software Development help solve your problems with mobile, web, and backend solutions. As they align with their clients, they use a proven method to understand the scope of the problem and help demystify the steps to make it go away. They will deliver the software solution you need, and they do it with the integrity that you'd expect from a family-owned business in the heartland of America. Schedule a call with the team at Zeratech today at zeratech.com. That's X-E-R-A-T-E-C.com. Feel sand under your feet as you run from a steaming sauna into the breath-stealing Lake Superior water. Smell the smoke from a campfire as it drifts over the lake into the brisk evening air. Hear the gentle waves rhythmically touch the shore as you sip coffee while idly rocking on a wooden swing. Feel the ground move and the air fill with a continuous roar as you approach a waterfall in the woods. The Lake Superior shop began with a love of Lake Superior and the nature and beauty that surrounds it. The clothing and accessories in the Lake Superior shop portray a simple representation of the lake. Find your own Lake Superior items at lakesuperiorshop.com, then sit by the fire, go for a hike, take a swim, or relax by the lake with your new Lake Superior gear. 
The Obsessed Podcast listeners will receive 10% off your entire purchase at lakesuperiorshop.com. Use code OBSESSED at checkout for 10% off your order. But also, it's uh, you put in some long days, right? Oh, sure. Uh, and, and it can get monotonous, potentially. Uh, is that true? I don't know. Um, you know, with any job that, I guess, when we go to the same place all the time and stuff, there can there could be a level of monotony. Okay. Um, it doesn't, at least in the first few years here, it hasn't seemed like... Uh, uh, seem like we've really gotten to that level of monotony. Okay. Um, you know, there's always something a little bit different, you know, sure. going on. So, uh, you know, various things, various, various different cargoes that we're carrying and, uh, okay. you know, but passengers always kind of keep things lively. Mm-hmm. Usually, you know, there's something odd or different going on every day. Right, yeah. so. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I guess what I'm getting to is that through it all, the demeanor, the, uh, just the vibe of all the whole crew makes such a big difference for your passengers for each other. So having somebody that can crack a joke in a timely place or, or whatever, be whatever. I just feel like it all, it's all a, like a breathing organism, right? Mm -hmm. Very much so. And I, you know, I always preach professionalism, uh, you know, to the crew. Um, and they, they very much rise to that occasion. You know, they, they, uh, they act with, uh, um, an astounding amount of professionalism in their jobs. Yeah. Um, you know, with, uh, with all the passengers that we have and stuff, uh, I think we're all, you know, kind of, uh, running towards that same goal. So it is to provide a, a good service. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. No, and I get the impression you, I mean, the thought of, of, I mean, again, Lake Superior can be crazy. They can be storms, whatever else you are you pretty numb to that like it doesn't i mean if you are going out through a pretty big storm is it do you get concerned or do you does it uh, i'm putting myself in your shoes and i'd be on uh, code red instantly at a seven foot wave or whatever i'm just uh <laughs> yeah so so i think over the last couple of years you know i've gotten a pretty good idea of what the boat can handle um safely and and well obviously the boat can handle really just about anything okay. um, the people uh, sometimes less so mm-hmm. um, and so uh you know that that's usually what i'm mindful of sure. is that uh i don't want to create a bad experience right uh for for people that's uh you know uh, next to their their safety of course you know kind of one of my number number one things right uh so once i you know kind of have a pretty good grasp of that it allows me then to use that like in my decision making paradigm you know if we're gonna go if we're gonna you know maybe cancel this trip or we're gonna delay this trip by a few hours mm-hmm. to you know let the lake calm down or uh, this that the other thing um but uh um you know i try to not put myself in in positions uh you know where i would be nervous sure so yeah. Have you had those like on the ore freight or anything? Have you had any of those? Oh, sure. You know, through, yeah. through your career, it, there's saying and saying in the maritime industry that, uh, you know, the job can be, uh, months of months of boredom, uh, you know, interspersed with, uh, seconds of sheer terror. Yeah. You know? <laughs> right. Um, and I've experienced that, you know, through my, through my career. Um, but, uh, um, you know, thankfully not too often. Yeah. So, and the goal isn't to, I mean, even this conversation isn't to, uh, make it sound like it's scarier than what it is, but those moments have to have been pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if you're when, just, when you're uh, out there long enough, you know, you, you, uh, you see some interesting s- situations. Yeah. So, yeah. And again, I, I put myself in your shoes and I'm thinking to myself, these situations are big waves, big storms. And mm-hmm. to you, you can just define them as situations. So I'm saying there's a pretty clear difference between what my exposure level is and what your exposure level is. Right. Uh, and 
yeah, I just think it, I think you can become, you don't realize from the outsider's perspective, how those moments would, what they would be like, or, you know, you've lived through them. Sure. Uh, But yeah. Well, and with, you know, especially again, like in the passenger industry, you know, it's important that, you know, in a, if you ever are kind of in a a quote unquote situation, uh, you know, like that, that, uh, that you're able to treat it as such as a situation and, you know, you're not, Mm -hmm. not panicking, you know, because they'll, they'll, uh, you set the tone. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, for, for everyone. And if, if the passengers see the crew panicking, you know, then that's a, that's a bad sign. So, yeah, for sure. So that's why we go out there. It's why we have experience. That's why we, you know, we drill, uh, fairly regularly on emergency situations and mm-hmm. that type of thing. So, right. Right. No. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you're, I mean, like you said, the bolt can handle far beyond where a passenger would be concerned. Uh, but if you ever let your demeanor and your attitude show any sign of fear and just be like, instead of, Hey guys, we got this, it's no problem. We'll work through this and might have to go a little bit slower than normal mm-hmm. or whatever it might be. Um, yeah, huge benefit in that. And that's where your experience and all that comes in, like you said, right? Yep. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, but those first runs across other, other, other times in Lake Superior, you had, uh, on the ore freighter side of things. Now you're taking people across. Was that pretty cool? I mean, to see their faces and all that, did you, did you realize that coming into it and did it hold true to what you expected? Or I'm just curious how that played out. Yeah. It, uh, it, you know, it was a little bit different than the, the badger. Um, just cause I think it's a little bit different, uh, experience that we're delivering, you know, not less lands transportation and more of an experience, mm-hmm. uh, I guess. And, um, yeah, it's just, it's just really cool to see. Uh, you know, the, the sort of happiness on people's faces and, you know, the excitement, uh, yeah. you know, going out there. So I was, I was looking forward to it, uh, you know, coming into this job and, and, uh, yeah, it delivered. Yeah. Right. No. And I, again, I, I mentioned it earlier, but that, yeah, I feel like that's what would sustain you. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't have to be, obviously you can be into the the or side of things and be engaged in that. But the, if you thrive off of the people engagement and seeing that, that, yeah, I could, that's same thing that would sustain me yeah. as well for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, like I said, we're, we're incredibly fortunate. Uh, and, uh, in my experience so far here, our, our passengers have been really great people and, uh, some just fascinating people from all over the world. And, right. um, yeah. So, yeah. And what about on a, uh, I should even have you give me the specs. What's the size of the boat? What's it operated by? Can you give me some of that info? Yeah, sure. Uh, the the Ranger is 165 feet long. Okay. Uh, 33 feet wide. Okay. Um, it's uh, run by uh, two uh, uh, Caterpillar engines. Okay. Uh, 1,700 horsepower total. Uh, so it's got a lot of power. Yeah. It's got a nice bow thruster on everything. So it's got some great maneuverability. Um, you know, the ship was built in 1958, um, by the, um, it was here, built here on the Great Lakes, um, by the, the Christie Corporation, okay. uh, which was uh, in Sturgeon Bay, Wisconsin. Uh, and, um, they don't build them like this anymore. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, it's a big thick hull, um, you know, very, very sturdy. It's lived in freshwater its whole life. Hmm. Um, and, uh, um, that makes a big difference. Because uh, uh, boats that operate in salt water, they don't have near the lifespan um, that you know some of the the boats here on the Great Lakes have. So, you know, there are a couple of uh, ships operating um, 
here on the lakes that are at or near a hundred years old huh. for their hulls. So, um, yeah, yeah. it's, uh, um, it's, and it's been well-kept, uh, you know, the park service really, uh, invested a lot of money through the years in, uh, in keeping it, uh, keeping it well, uh, uh, well taken care of. Sure. So, so she's in really good shape even for her age. So, yeah. Uh, and, and the saltwater dump, I mean, just making sure, I mean, that salt just eats at that metal and corrodes yeah. it and yep. whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. So, but, uh, but yeah, here in freshwater, the hulls can last almost indefinitely. Huh. So. Okay. Crazy. And dumb question about Ranger three. So did Ranger one and two sink or go out of commission or, or do you know why it's, uh, Ranger two, um, was a, they, they never, Ranger three was the first, uh, ship that was built, um, specifically for Isle Royal, um, national park. The others were, uh, boats that were repurposed okay. uh, for that one was a wood, wooden hull, hmm. uh, you know, that type of thing. So, um, they built it, uh, simply because the park had, uh, needs that the you know they needed to be able to meet um that the the, the smaller ships were not able to do okay um, and so um it was purpose built for for its job here yeah um and has served the park really well for getting on 70 years now so right right do you are you engaged a lot i mean you said growing up you were in that world uh, in on that shore town uh, but are you engaged a lot currently or have you been in like the history of boating, the history of the maritime industry? Uh, I mean, going back to way back in the day kind of thing too. Is that a world you're engaged in? I've been, I've been really into Great Lakes shipping, Okay, um, you know, through kind of my, especially my adult life and, and growing up a little bit too. I was always kind of fascinated with it. I'd see the freighters when I was, when I was a kid and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so I was always kind of fascinated by that stuff. Um, but, uh, and, you know, I have a, uh, glancing, uh, you know, familiarity with, uh, you know, maritime history in general. Sure. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I have kind of been a little bit of a, you know, we call ourselves boat nerds, Yeah. uh, you know, here on, on, as it pertains to Great Lakes shipping. So sure. But I'm picturing like, again, the, uh, the romantic and the adventurous side of things. Do you think or dream or watch movies or read books about, uh, somebody on a boat back in the, 1600s or something like that is that a world you're you have or were engaged in yeah you know i i'm, I'm a big reader so i okay. i just i do like to read books uh you know about the you know old maritime uh adventures and stuff like that so yeah. what kind of perspective do you have on that because i mean obviously you have all the equipment in the world right mm-hmm. uh do you ever think about what that would have been like to sail with no technology no sonar no anything yeah yeah you know um it's, it's funny, just even in the last, you know, 20 years um, of my career, you know, I've seen, you know, some of the incredible advancements that we've had, mm-hmm. you know, moving in the direction of uh, digital chart displays and, and uh, you know, uh, automatic radar plotting and uh, all those kind of things. So, um, and the integration between all those, you know, those devices all kind of working together at the same time and, and stuff. Um so yeah, when I look back, you know, on some of the, uh, well, even at the beginning of my career, you know, when we were doing much more with paper charts and, um, you know, in some of the classes I had to take, we still had to do, um, like when I got radar certifications, you know, we still had to use the old grease pencil, uh, you know, style radars, you know, we actually had to draw on the, on the screen and, you know, things like that. So, um, things like that, um, you know, one of the themes I think through all of it, 
um, you know, looking back to you know, old times before they had any kind of the uh, the gizmos, you know, that I get to play with every day is, I, you know, and I still preach this to to my crew that, you know, your your senses, you know, looking out the window is still the best navigational tool you have, mm-hmm. you know, your eyes and ears, mm-hmm. um, you know, all these other things can lie to you. Right. You know, and, uh, um, you know, back then that's all those people had. So. Right. Right. But even the ability, like, I mean, would they navigate by the stars and stuff like this? Or how would you, how would you begin to navigate from mm-hmm. uh, the Europe to the Americas, for example? Yeah. You know, they de- developed celestial navigation, um, which, uh, you know, we still learn, uh, in, uh, in training and stuff to have to do some rudimentary, uh, celestial celestial stuff okay um and uh um you know they're all good backups mm-hmm. to, to to be able to have but yeah that was you know largely how they how they navigated back then okay uh you learned some of that in your training mm-hmm. so, okay have you ever had to use it never never like in a situation where i had to okay you know use it we we uh we like to practice sure you know some of those things sometimes yeah so how would you practice you would take whatever you've learned and implement it and then have somebody else watching the instruments to yeah, see to check it check it by what your what your instruments are telling you to see okay. if you know um you know the position like let's say you're trying to um uh, position yourself hmm. um to to try to do that uh, manually and then compare that to what your gps is telling you you know okay so uh and and on a high level or i say on a low elementary level what is that i mean you're looking at certain stars in particular or the way the stars are oriented to other stars or mm-hmm. angles of them or what are, yeah. you, what are you looking at? Yeah. Angles, uh, you, certainly certain stars and then, uh, angles to the horizon. Okay. Uh, you know, all those things come into play. Yeah. Can you give an example? I mean, or is it tough to try to explain an example? I'm just curious. Um, that. you know, I mean, on a, on a, on the absolute most basic level, you know, you can, it's pretty easy to find North, sure. right? You can, if you, if you know how to locate Polaris, right. Um, you know, if you're in the middle of nowhere and, and, uh, you know, in the middle of the ocean and don't know where you are, well, once you can find Polaris, then at least, uh, you know, you can, uh, figure out okay well that's north then that means that that's south and that's east and that's west and sure um based on the um orientation of polaris uh, in relation to the horizon um you know it can give you an idea of your latitude okay so huh okay so but when these guys were again 1600s i'm taking a boat from europe to them to america mm-hmm. uh were they going with uh uh pretty high precise degree of accuracy no uh or is it like hey we're heading west and we might hit from new york to florida yep okay yep it was uh it was uh, much less precise then so you know you're you're doing these kind of things from a pitching you know from a deck that's that's pitching and moving and stuff like that and uh um the things are already fairly fairly broad so okay uh, but it's how people got into trouble a lot you know a lot of ships uh uh sank because they ran into something because they thought they were in one place and turns out they were actually in another place. So, right. Right. Yeah. It's crazy. Hard to comprehend being in that kind of a, a situation. I mean, even in today's world, no matter where I am, I have always got my phone here telling me where I'm at. I got directions. I've got maps on my phone. Yeah. Uh, even on a, I mean, yeah, pretty fortunate. Hard to imagine. Even on, on land though, you have such a visual, thing of hey i can go to that mountain i can go to that hill i mm-hmm. can see this i mean if you're out in the open water and you see nothing but water around you i mean again you've got your the stars component of it but still i can't imagine 
how you could, I mean, it's obviously possible and doable, but just from the outsider's perspective or the, somebody who's never done it, it just seems unbelievable. Yeah. 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 You know, uh, even somebody uh, like me today, you know, uh, pretty unbelievable, uh, you know, that they did that, uh, you know, accurately mm-hmm. uh, for, for, for that long. Uh, they it really took some skill and some practice. Yeah. So if you were to, and I got to keep bringing up this track, this track from Europe to America, if we were to drop you off in Europe right now, do you have the skills to try to hit somewhere between New York and Florida? <laughs> I guess I have the skills to try maybe okay. just enough to be dangerous, you know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, yeah, crazy, crazy. So but that is a world though, that you, I mean, just the history of shipping that as a young kid, you were engaged in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I just, uh, you know, like I said, I I would see the uh, ore freighters uh, in various places when I was a kid and, and stuff, and was just always kind of fascinated by it. Yeah. So, did you know? I suppose you had no way of knowing, right? Even at that age, that you'd get into this world. No, um, no, I didn't. I and I had never really thought about it as a as a career. Um, you know, it was uh, it was just by sheer chance uh, that uh, that opportunity um, for summers in college kind of fell into my lap. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, you know it. Uh, certainly drove ended up driving kind of the the direction that my life took sure so yeah so after college though and you were getting into this more as a way to just find out what's your next step in life mm-hmm. did you have little moments that or, or little things people said that made you realize actually you could stay in this world and that this is something you would consider uh did you have people that told you to consider it or how did you i don't know i guess i'm curious because I've, I've found through this whole podcast is in a lot of people's lives where they're at today it started from some small little thing somebody said something somebody did something mm-hmm. you had a really cool experience or whatever it is that said hey i should look into that world now here you are you yeah. live in this area you're the captain of the ranger yeah uh is that true was yeah. there any of those little moments like that yeah you know little ones like um you know when that when that job kind of like, like i said kind of um when i stumbled onto it um one of our one of my family's neighbors uh, you know, was working in the, the HR department, uh, hmm. for, um, for the, for the badger. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, just said, Hey, you know, if you're, you're going to be here for the, for the summer, um, you know, this would be a great job, but you know, I can, I can help you out, uh, you know, get you, get you lined up with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, had that not happened, had not known that person, um, I probably would not have even, that wouldn't have even occurred to me. Sure. You know, to, to, to try to do that. So, yeah. Um, probably end up working, you know, being, working a summer job in a pizza place or something like that. And, mm-hmm. you know, my right. life trajectory could be totally different. So, yeah. Right. So, but again, after that, uh, or once you did graduate from college, what about after that? You mentioned it was a slow burn, but did you have any moments the, in the post college side that really said, Hey, this is something I should consider? Well, sure. I, um, you know, I had some mentors in the, in the industry along the way, um, you know, people that I worked for and people that I worked with and the, that showed me things. And, um, you know, I, I had some success, uh, um, you know, in my job and, and, uh, you know, found myself kind of working my way up, uh, you know, into some leadership roles, mm-hmm. um, you know, even just, uh, um, you know, within, uh, um, within one, you know, certain levels and, um, yeah, I you know there were there were certain moments when uh, you know we we get through a you know, a particular difficult situation or something like that, 
um, you know, and we'd look back and say, you know what, we did a pretty good job here. Right. And, uh, you know, just kind of the, 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 the satisfaction, I guess, of, of a job well done. Yeah. Um, you know, it's one of those things that makes you kind of think, boy, you know, I could, I could keep doing this. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And here you are. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's, yeah. Again, it, it's just cool the way the trajectory can work. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and of course you didn't know that at that young age as well. Right. Uh, or when you were young looking out at the ore freighter and being excited about it, you had no idea. And oh, also gosh. even going to school, do you ever think that you, do you ever like look back and say, Hey, I wish I would have pursued what I had gone to school for. Or do you feel pretty fortunate? Yeah, I'm pretty fortunate. You know, um, I'm, uh, I'm just one of those lucky people. I think that, uh, kind of stumbled into doing the right thing. Yeah. So yeah, I wouldn't change it. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any, uh, I mean, again, you're doing this right now, but do you have any next goals, uh, of, of where you hope to be, or is this, could this be a easily a long-term thing for you? Um, yeah, I, I, uh, I think that this is going to be a good, you know, long-term thing for me for a while. Okay. Um, you know, there's some, uh, there's some great, uh, perks to, um, you know, work as working as a, pu- as a public employee, mm-hmm. uh, you know, for the federal government. Um, you know, I'm, I always, I think will reserve the right to reevaluate, uh, you know, things as, as, uh, things come along as opportunities come along. Sure. Um, I had, uh, at one point always, uh, dreamed of, uh, being a captain on one of the thousand footers, um, mm-hmm. even if it was just for a little while, um, just, uh, you know, being able to, uh, command a, a ship of that size, right. Uh, is, uh, was a, always a pretty cool thing. Um, but at the same time, uh, you know, like I said, uh, I really, I really enjoy the passenger business. Um, really enjoy, uh, you know, being around Isle Royal mm-hmm. and, uh, and living here in Houghton. You know, right. too. I think uh, you know we've uh, we've really found a home here. So yeah, um, yeah, it's been great. Yeah. Did you? The I mean, the job came up and you took this, but did you realize that you'd like this area, or would, did you have a lot of history here, or how did that? We didn't. Uh, you know, we'd uh, we'd come up to the UP a few times to vacation. Okay. Uh, you know, and and uh, do some color tours, things in the fall. In fact, just the year prior to moving here, we'd kind of come through the Houghton Hancock area for the first time uh taking a trip up to copper harbor hmm. um and uh yeah who would at the time uh you know who would have known less than a year later we'd be actually moving here so right that first trip that wasn't like uh, uh hey let's go see what work could be kind of trip or no. just total fluke no yeah it was a it was just kind of a fall uh color tour you know let's uh let's go see the keweenaw yeah uh and uh yeah who knew huh so, and so you had no idea that this was no, coming. Eh? No, you? but we 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 really did kind of fall in love with the area too. So okay. um, so we knew that we you know had a pretty good feeling that we'd like it uh, living here too. Yeah. So what's it like to come here, never having come here before? I don't know what it's like. I grew up here, so like I'm I don't have an outsider's perspective. What's sure. it like to come to this area? Oh, you know, it was uh, you know all of it's anytime you're uprooting and completely uh, you know moving things can be overwhelming a little bit at first. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, um, for the most part, you know, we, we found, uh, people very friendly here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously, you know, anytime you go through your first winter, uh, up in the Houghton Hancock area, you know, it's, you're, you're in for, for a new experience. Right. Um, but, uh, um, those have been great too. You know, we, we, uh, enjoyed doing the winter sports in the, 
in the winter time. I, I really like to cross country ski. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, uh, just, uh, you know, seeing, seeing the kind of beautiful winter landscapes we have up here too. So, mm-hmm. but what's it like to, again, uh, I, people always talk like, I, I can see that as beautiful here, mm-hmm. but you grow up and it's, you're just so numb to it. Yeah. Right. Just like I'd say, you're pretty numb to the lake, mm-hmm. right? Like I'm asking you about some of the crazy things that you've been in. You're like, yeah, I don't know. Some of it's crazy. You know, but <laughs> it, it, whereas I'm saying I could be in, uh, the way down on your list of crazy and I'd be, like I said, code red, but anyway, so you're, you're totally numb to it. Right. Uh, so I'm just curious, what's it like? Like, is this to me, I have the impression or I feel like I've learned even from going away and coming back that it is a super beautiful area, unique to a lot of even what the rest of the UP is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm just curious what it's like to see this landscape and see the canal and see the towns on the water and see the cliffs on the up going up north, stuff like that. Is that all a pretty surreal experience? Oh, it was, it was unbelievable. Um, you know, especially you know, the first time we even just took a trip up through here, you know, I was just kind of, I was in awe, you know, yeah. the whole time. And, um, you know, going through the canal, um, you know, it's looking at some things, it's like going back in time, Yeah. you know, looking at, uh, at, at some of the old areas and stuff like that. And it's just, uh, you know, feel very fortunate, uh, you know, that we kind of look around and, but, you know, be able to say, Hey, we, we actually live here. Yeah. You know, this right. is, uh, this is pretty cool. There are certainly worse places to live. Oh yeah, so for sure. So, but when you had taken that color tour, you had, you had been through Lake Superior before, had you gone around the Cuna point already oh, sure. before that? Okay. Yeah. So you had that exposure, just the mm-hmm. visual five miles out Yeah. or whatever it might be. Eh? Yeah. Uh, a cool story. Uh, I, um, I was on a ore freighter, uh, several winters ago and, uh, we, uh, we're in some bad weather. And so we went to anchor up in Beta Gris Bay. Hmm. Uh, and, uh, when we were sitting there, um, I was, uh, I was on the ship and, uh, you know, we we're just kind of looking at shore with binoculars. Um, uh, and I saw, um, a waterfall, you know, hmm. right there kind of at, uh, uh, at the, uh, at the mouth, the, you know, right, right at the shoreline. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought it just, it looked so beautiful from the, you know, from there. And I always said, I, someday I want to go and I want to find that. Right. You know, that spot. Um, and it turned out it was the Montreal river and Montreal falls, mm-hmm. uh, there. And, uh, um, so we had that opportunity that, uh, that first trip, uh, we took up here, I did a little research on how to, how to find it. Right. And, uh, my daughter and I walked out to it and, and, uh, it was just a cool, cool experience, you know? Yeah. So huh. to come yeah. full circle and then yeah. actually go. Yeah. To have seen it, you know, kind of from the water first and yeah, everything. So, Yeah. No. So again, I, I, yeah, just curious what it's like to come here from an outsider's perspective. Cause I've moved out West, mm-hmm. lived out there for a while and I'm just in love with it. I love every minute of it. We go out there as much as we can. Mm-hmm. Be, part of it, I think is cause it's so new and, yeah. and, it, and it, I wasn't numb to it and you go there and I had coworkers that I live with where I'd be spending t- all this time in the Badlands. I mean, every weekend, every chance I get yeah. and they'd go like once a year. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. they're just so numb to it. So I'm curious what that's like to come to this area. Because they're, I mean, in real estate, I have a lot of clients coming here that are just pumped, uh, pumped about the area, the beauty, the outdoor mm-hmm. recreation options, whatever else. What a lot of locals do, but you can have somebody that lives here, grows up here, lives their entire life, and don't see a fraction of what somebody who moved here a year ago sees. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, people get spoiled. Yeah. I think sometimes, uh, you know, forget. Uh, you know, how beautiful the world around him can be. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I hope I don't ever get there. Right. I, uh, sure do kind of love exploring this area and I'm not even close to done yet. No. So. Right. And you really get into it. I mean, there's never 
never ending yeah. amounts of exploring to do for sure. Yeah. Um, what about, I mean, this, we've been talking about your, your, the maritime industry, your time as a captain, all that kind of stuff. Do you have any other passions, obsessions outside of that that you get into as well? Sounds like you enjoy some of the winter sports stuff too, but yeah, winter sports stuff. I really, I, I do, uh, I do like to fish. Okay. Um, I've always, uh, kind of had a passion for that, uh, um, both fly fishing and, uh, huh. um, boat, you know, fishing from a boat, all those kind of things. So, yeah. Um, fly fishing or stream fishing just opened up. Hey, eh? do you get into that steelhead fishing and all yeah. that? Yeah. Yep. I really do enjoy that. Uh, I, I have a, uh, rear drift boat that I actually, I still keep downstate. I don't have it here. Okay. Um, but, uh, um, yeah, I use that every chance I get when I go down there and a little bit bigger rivers that they, that we have down in lower Michigan. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, I really, uh, I really, really love just kind of, uh, bumming around the, the smaller Rocky rivers around here and stuff too. And yeah, steelhead and some salmon in the fall. And mm-hmm. yeah. Do you get to the point I'm thinking on the, on the water side of things, like I'm not super comfortable on water. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can deal with it, but I'm saying if I've got, I've gone to Isle Royal two or three times on smaller boats, mm-hmm. um, and I'm never comfortable the entire time, uh, while we're out on the water. I mean, it's okay. And I manage it and I'm having fun and I enjoy it, mm-hmm. but does that ever go away? It must, right? I mean, you must get to the point where you're pretty dang comfortable, uh, I don't know what it is. I can't explain it. Like, but if, if someone says, Hey, you could go out on this boat, uh, and, and you know, and it would, t- it'd be a mile of boat time or you can go walk for four miles. I'd pick the walking for four miles over the <laughs> the boat. Right. Um, I, I can do okay. I'm not trying to overplay it that I'm sure whatever, but I'm just saying there's a, a little part of me that's never quite comfortable. And does that go away super quickly? It must, right. If you're just exposed to it all the time. Yeah, I, I suppose it does. Uh, you know, my, my family, my, my family, parents uh you know sometimes like to comment that i have a water problem you know that i yeah i work all day on a boat and i get done with work and i go hop on my own personal boat and yeah. you know play around on that and you know on the weekends uh you know go play on play on another boat and you know i go down my my folks still live down in the Ludington manistee area mm-hmm. um and i go down there and i get my old boat out you know and, mm-hmm. and everything so yeah they they uh accuse me of having a boat of a boat slash water problem yeah. sometimes. So, so I suppose it, I suppose for me, there's certainly a le- somewhat of a level of comfort. Mm-hmm. And, and again, I don't want to overplay it. Like if I'm going to take a boat out on the canal, I mean, no problem. Right? Yeah, sure. But if I'm five miles offshore on a boat and there's four or five foot waves or we're bobbing mm-hmm. off of Isle Royal and four or five foot waves on a smaller boat and I'm yeah. going up and down, whatever else I'm, yeah, I'm not, out, I'm, I think I'm less comfortable than what a lot of people are in that situation or, or experienced people are in that situation. Sure. And that's all it is, right? Yeah. Just exposure. Comfort usually comes with experience. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. Right. Uh, what about if somebody was thinking about getting into that world, the maritime industry, the shipping, the passenger side of things, is that a tough industry to get into? It's not, uh, um, companies are hiring all over the place, both on the lakes, uh, you know, out on the oceans, um, uh, everywhere. Um, it's a, and it's a good, good career to get into, you know, um, yeah, uh, the you know the introductory kind of things you have to have. Uh, one is a uh, um, transportation worker identification identification credential. Okay. Oh, it's known as a TWIC card. Okay. Um, and that's issued from Homeland Security, um, and they do a kind of a background check on you. Um, and then the other is a Merchant Mariner credential, just the um, the basic kind of introductory uh, one, and that's issued through the U.S. Coast Guard. Okay. Um, and just involves a an application that you send in when the 
handful of other odds and ends and sure um they issue that in the mail and that's uh that's kind of your your ticket in to start Mm -hmm. so do you recommend it like is it it's a it's an enjoyable and a fulfilling industry to get into i do yeah i i i I do uh um you know there are ups and downs with everything right there's no there's no perfect thing right so it, it it uh it's a great young man's uh, job, young woman's job. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, it's hard. It can be hard on families, uh, sure. especially, um, you know, jobs that take you away for a long time. Right. Um, you know, it can certainly uh, wear on you, wear on your family after a while. Yeah. Um, and that's hard, you know, sometimes being absent. Um, I'm incredibly fortunate, uh, you know, in this, in this job, I'm, I'm still home a lot. Yeah. Uh, we kind of, you know, still stay in the same area. Most of the time I'm coming home at night mm-hmm. and stuff. So, uh, it's kind of the best of both worlds for me, yeah. uh, but it did take a lot of, you know, being, uh, gone for extended periods of time to get there, you yeah. know, too. So, um, yeah, it can be hard when you're, you know, watching your kids grow up from a, from a distance, mm-hmm. you know? So, yeah, no, and, and, and I, I don't think your recommendation is saying, Hey, everybody should get into this or if yeah. you get into this, you're going to love this. Mm-hmm. It's more saying, Hey, if you want to try it out, it might be for you or it might not be. Yeah. Uh, but also understand that that part of it can be a tough mm-hmm. component. Right. Uh, what is some of those, what's that brain space like? Like what's the longest you've been gone without coming back to shore or, or, or even back home, I guess you could say. Yeah. I've been gone for, well, but you know, four four months at a time okay i think it's the longest hitch i've ever done you know without uh being able to stop home yeah um, but that's a long one you yeah. know and it's hard to be gone for that long you know obviously the advent of things like facetime and, and mm-hmm. video you know video chatting and messaging and stuff like that has gotten a little bit uh, you know made things a little bit easier right um but uh nonetheless you know at, at the end of the day that can be hard yeah you know to be away so i did those hitches you know when i was younger and yeah and stuff but um but it's hard you know, even, even shorter hitches, you know, be gone from a month, you mm-hmm. know, when you're, when your kids are little and stuff like that, you miss it. You right. Know? So those are all, uh, you know, pros and cons, I guess. Right. Right. Yeah. But is it, uh, for sure tough being away, mm-hmm. but I could picture this, I don't know. Uh, I could picture this series of events where like at first you're just in a routine then you're getting excited for the, your hitch to get done and get back home or whatever it might be. But also once you're back home, you're partially missing what you were doing before. Right. Oh, sure. That component of it. Yep. Uh, so I'm just curious what that brain space is like to be gone for four months. Uh, yeah. What's that like to go through that? I don't know. Yeah. Um, it's, it, it can be, uh, even challenging. And there are like, there are a lot of guys in my industry that, that do hitches that are even longer than that, you know, that in the, in the six and eight month ranges, Mm -hmm. um, you know, so, um, I can't even imagine, you know, how much, how much harder that is. Um, but yeah, the brain space is, you know, you get into a routine, uh, that, you know, that's kind of the thing, uh, in, in a job like that is you're just doing the same thing every day you try to, you know, build a routine and, and the routine kind of gets you by, yeah. Um, but then it's difficult when you come home because then suddenly you're out of that routine and, and you know, that, uh, that routine that has shaped you for a while. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Right. And also thinking back again about the, the historical guy, the 1600s boat crossing the mm-hmm. oceans. Uh, imagine that. I mean, you set sail, you don't see anybody, you don't no. ever talk to anybody. You don't write a letter, you no. don't do a thing. It could possibly be years before you get back to where you came from. Right. You know, back at that point. So. Yeah. Or even see a new world where. Yeah that but i mean just uh, yeah i can't imagine mm. it's crazy uh, but 
it, it, and what about on the so the the industry side of things if somebody would be pumped to try that out it's a world that's fairly accessible i mean with some diligence and some training it is yeah yeah once you get started um you know it's it's fairly easy to uh you know find contact info for for shipping companies yeah um various and you know in various uh, sides of the industry right so um and they can always kind of usually their websites point you in the right direction too Mm -hmm. so you know what they what they want to see from you before they'll hire you so right right but no i mean i appreciate you hopping on aaron just being able to a little bit peek behind the curtain like i said oh sure uh, just a world that again my whole life you see the ranger come in and out but you don't ever get to peek behind it but i think my wife and i've been saying we need to get out there so i Mm -hmm. think we might come on the ranger and uh go spend a night or two out there and check it all out oh that'd be great yeah that'd be great we'd love to have you right but aaron appreciate it thanks for hopping on yeah thank you yeah hey guys thank you for listening today I hope you enjoyed it. If you have and you feel so inclined, share this podcast with your friends, subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen, and give us some feedback with a review. Until next time, thank you.